1: Welcome to Strange Familiars. How are you tonight, Allison?
4: I'm fine, thank you.
1: Trying to get these shows done for April for everybody. We just released a patron show that was uh, mostly Site 7 based. Had some cool sounds in it, including some freaky coyote sounds.
4: Yeah. I didn't think we were in coyote territory, but apparently we're further...
1: Well, you saw a coyote
4: when we lived in Glenrock. I know, and I had no clue that's what I was seeing. I was like, there's a big dog fox in our backyard. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, that's a coyote. So
1: I think think we'll be able to get everything done for April. I was worried that with Sarai coming down and Josh is coming next week, Mm -hmm. that I might not be able to get all the shows done. But uh, we got the patron show out and just one more after this one. So I think... I think we're going to do it. I think think we're going to stay on schedule for April. Josh and I will be at the X-Filers United Convention in Rhode Island, April 26th, 27th, and 28th at the Crown Plaza Hotel in Warwick, Rhode Island.
4: Which is just outside of Providence, right? Isn't everything? (laughs) Yeah, it's
1: Rhode Island. So I'm giving a talk on Bigfoot. Josh is giving a talk on Josh stuff, probably the fae and, and the paranormal. Josh and I will be giving a talk that's basically a preview of our book that we're mm-hmm. doing together. So we're doing a talk together. Our individual talks are Friday, I believe, both Josh and I. I think I'm kicking off the whole thing, like 10 a.m. Friday. And then Josh and I together will talk on Saturday. But Mike Clellan's going to be there. He's going to be there on Sunday. The your folks are going to be there. And I'm drawing a blank on their name. Greg and Dana Newkirk, they're going to be there. Colin Schneider, who you've heard on this show before the crypto kid but he's he's heading towards 18 so he needs <laughs> yeah. I, I, I'm not sure I feel comfortable calling How, I mean
4: pretty soon he'll be the crypto collegiate
1: exactly the crypto that's a good one that's a good one so but Colin will be there so it's so, uh and a whole bunch of other people besides so they're doing a showing of the Bridgewater Triangle documentary
4: if you like the periphery of the show it should be a, a fun time
1: my talk is scheduled for two hours
4: Oh, good luck on that. <laughs> yeah.
1: I don't know. Josh has suggested that for the second hour of my talk, I just record an episode of the podcast, almost like a roundtable, live.
4: Yeah, that's a great idea.
1: Which might be a cool thing to do. Mm-hmm. So
4: The more people that show up, the better, because then you could actually have more people to talk to.
1: Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> we'll see if that happens. I'd like to make that happen. Okay. I, the logistics of it are a little... Yeah, on the um, fly. Yeah. yeah, because I would like to take audience questions and and so forth. And I don't know if we could get them all recorded so that it would be audible and everything, but, but we'll see, we'll see if I can do that. When Josh is here, I will be taking him to site seven and maybe around to some other places. Soraya got to go to site seven last week. You heard that on the patron Mm -hmm. show. If you're a patron, that was pretty cool. And we'll see what other adventures we can get into while Josh is here. Excited for that. Tonight, I will be talking with Matt in a little bit, and Matt has a number of experiences with UFOs, and I think he talks about his son seeing like a reptilian kind of creature, hearing strange sounds, and he has this really cool Bigfoot sighting that he saw kind of Bigfoot in his backyard that it was crawling, and the description is really creepy. The way he describes this thing is really, really Just that weird. concept
4: is creepy. <laughs> Yeah, is it like? Why would it need to be crawling? <laughs> yeah, I was
1: if it was trying to stay out of sight or what. Very, very interesting. Matt also has an experience of a shooting. Like he was shot. He and his friend were both shot, and he believes it kind of ties into like messing around with the Necronomicon. And it's the he's even talking about like the Simonomicon, the goofy one that's available in bookstores and stuff. But you know, he believes that's the shooting is tied in with that and this, like, kind of dark period in his life. It's pretty neat. It's a pretty neat story. Kind of
4: like, like a tale about messing with things that you don't know about? Yeah, I thing. mean, I think
1: he just believes it was a general darkness. And, I, yeah. you know, I don't even think he thought it was, like, he got demons from the book or something yeah, like yeah. that. It's just, like, he just kind of... It was a dark time. Yeah, it was in this really dark time and attributes the shooting, you know, as part of that. So before we get to Matt, we have a couple more listener stories that we're going to read. Do you want the long one or the short one?
4: Doesn't matter. I can read either.
1: Yeah, yeah Allison hasn't even seen the story. <laughs> I'm just throwing them at her. I guess I'll take the long one. Both of these stories are from someone who just wants to be ID'd as Winter only. Thank you, Winter. Thank you for the stories. And she did send more stories, but we're just going to do a couple tonight, and we'll get to a couple more at some other time. This longer one, it's, it's a little heavy, but it's, it's interesting. In December of 1996, I attempted suicide. I woke up a week later in ICU. I was told I had died, but was brought back. I was a teenager. Doctors didn't explain any of this to me. This account came from a parent. When I was stable, I was sent to a hospital and subsequently ended up primarily in the care of the state I lived in. When you are in state care, the intention is to retain some connection to your birth family if at all possible. I was sent to my parents' home for visitations, usually overnights or weekends as time went on. I've always been sensitive to something, energy, spirit, whatever you want to call it. While my bedroom at my parents' house felt different, it felt ominous. Logically, that made sense. I had tried to kill myself there. I had an ambulance haul me off, and I don't know for sure, but I might have temporarily lost life there yet this feeling wouldn't shake. I was scared to sleep there. I was fine during the day. Something about sleeping there was not okay. If I slept there, I would have horrible nightmares, feel presence. It was dark and haunting. I solved this issue by sleeping in the living room with our large dog nearby. Even when I had been in the room, he would be there with me acting concerned and staying close to me. He always behaved as a protector. For a time, I slept fine, just a room away. Then, after a time, the dreams and the feelings started in the living room, too. Over time, it got much worse. It felt more violent, more oppressive. It became sleep paralysis. At this point, I would sleep with my back against the dog's back in an attempt to feel safe enough to sleep. The fear was visceral and intense. This slowly got worse over the course of months. It became so bad that I decided to refuse to go to my parents' house. I would rather spend the weekend in state care than go to the house where I had freedom, good food, and friends. I asked for help. I asked for advice. No one could make sense of it or explain what was happening to me. After about two months of refusal, I was deemed non-compliant because going home for the weekend was in my care plan, and the idea was that it was healthy for me. So I went back because I didn't have a choice and was punished if I didn't comply. When I went back, it was there. It being the feeling. Mm -hmm. Uh, That dark feeling, I guess. Now I had spent months sleeping fine, I had zero issues outside of that house, which at this point I never wanted to be alone inside of. In the meantime, I had been searching online. Also, a book mysteriously appeared on the shelf at some point in the home I was in. It was about occult practices, and some of what I read there led me to explore the idea of astral psychic vampires, hag attacks, and related concepts. No one outwardly supported me, explained anything to me, or tried to help. But many years later, I was told books were placed on purpose, and behind the scenes, the staff were scared for me and believed me, but could not openly say so. When I slept there again, it came back with a vengeance. It felt angry, possessive, punishing. I remember waking up so scared that I would just vomit and shake. I would lay there with my heart racing, scared to sleep, and yet so exhausted, all the while feeling that energy lingering, waiting for its chance. After a few weeks of this, on my way back to the home, I remember being on the highway and having this sudden thought, oh my god, why do I feel like it's following me, like that ominous creeping was behind me, when it had never been felt outside of that house before. Sure enough, by the end of the week, at the home, I started to have nightmares there as well, much more mild at first, but increasingly worse. It grew over time in a similar way. It got to the point that the staff would just hand me a cup of Pepto-Bismol before bed because every single night, I would appear crying in the middle of the night, begging for some kind of help. I didn't know it could, but it did get worse. I would be paralyzed, eyes open. The only thing I can control is my breathing or blinking. I would hear it come in like a train or rushing air. Sometimes I would see glowing that I thought looked like eyes. I often would see a blacker than black shadow, no real shape. It had a masculine energy. Sometimes it would growl in my ear, or I would feel a breath on my skin. Sometimes it would feel like I was being raped. If I would get angry and fight it, it would hold me harder. If I would get mad and curse it out in my mind, it would hold me harder or press harder into me like a punishment or a response to my angry words. It happened so often that I could experiment with various reactions. Over time I learned that fight or not, it's going to take what it wants. It seemed to enjoy the intensity of my anger, so I opted to deny it. I would try to remain passive. In the meantime, the staff started burning sage almost daily. Other girls started having similar dreams, but it always centered on me. It grew stronger. Staff brought me to a witchy shop. The woman who owned the shop looked frightened as I asked for her advice and help. She gave me a crystal to wear, but otherwise wanted nothing to do with it. Thanks, lady. For about a month, the crystal worked, and that time I kept researching. I got Dion Fortune's Psychic Self-Defense and Constantino's, at the time, new book about psychic vampires, I decided to try a simple meditation and cord cutting. I burned some sage from relaxing music and attempted to meditate for the first time on my own, following a set of instructions I had pulled from the books. It's been a long time and I'm trying to get my timeline mostly correct, but this part is fuzzy. A few things happened around the same time. One, my jerk boyfriend asked to look at my crystal and broke it. Two, I started actively learning how to cast a circle, cut etheric cords, and meditate in an effort to stop this thing. Three is that I can now feel its presence, if I even so much as tried to speak about it, even during the day, even at school, even around other people, and still no one openly supported me. My friends were concerned, but I was considered the one who knew things about things, not them. So there was a sense of urgency, because whatever it was, was much stronger now, and I was not the only one experiencing attacks in the house. So I'm sitting on the floor, all relaxed, feeling basically safe, and decided to take a first run through. I barely even began, and I took a few deep breaths and intended to start, and I immediately felt what felt like a really hard knock-the-wind-out-of-me punch in the solar plexus that was hard enough to knock me into my back. This scared me so much, I cannot even explain how this felt. Suddenly, nothing felt safe. Daytime outside of sleep... It might follow me around or listen into my life, but it couldn't hurt me. Suddenly, things are different. In the home, other people also started to experience an escalation. Rumors spread about how I was the center of this. I don't know what was said or decided, but my room was randomly searched. I was targeted, but it's funny to me how, because they really had no idea what they were doing or how to make sense of things. People were scared of me. So I lived with it, and I didn't take any steps because it wasn't safe for a while. No one attempted to help the actual problem in the meantime. I learned to cast a circle. I was determined, angry, and scared. Eventually, I was able to cast a circle and do the cord cutting. Things improved quickly. I was still scared, but I had the power, and I knew how to use it now. I had to repeat the procedure a few times, but it basically ended, and it didn't come back after I did the ritual a few times. It's been years, and yeah, weird things happen, but nothing like that again. No sleep paralysis. You couldn't pay me to go back to that house, though.
4: Hmm. No, I maybe I wasn't paying attention, but does it say that that she felt this before? She had the, her uh,
1: the suicide attempt? attempt. It doesn't say. I, I get the impression that she didn't. I get oh, the impression okay. it was like after the suicide attempt she comes back huh. and she, she feels.
4: Missed. Interesting.
1: Yeah, I mean that's some pretty intense.
4: Like yeah, I think you better put a warning before that.
1: You know, I I went to ask a million follow-up questions, and I I certainly asked her if she wanted to come on and tell the story. She said she'd rather Mm -hmm. have us just read it, which is fine, you know. I'm glad she shared the story either way. But the most interesting thing to me is that it did go away, and it hasn't come back.
4: I'd be interested to see, too, and, and this is not to be taken as any sort of disbelief of the experience, but how this followed her path to mental health after the attempt.
1: You mean did her mental health general mental health also improve
4: yeah i mean was is this sort of a like like a physical manifestation of the specter of
1: right right which doesn't make it any less real oh no yeah it's kind of like what we were saying with soraya on his show it it doesn't make it any less real at all it just Mm -hmm. it just you know maybe there's
4: like yeah maybe she willed into being what was already happening in her mind
1: Mm -hmm. and i mean maybe ritual is an effective way to deal with that you know
4: yeah like, i mean I'll really take command over the situation and just say i will not be taken by yeah the specter of darkness
1: yeah whether it's outside of me or or, in, or a or, part of me or yes. somehow both mm-hmm. you know yeah. yeah yeah i think
4: it's really good symbolism for you know even if that's all it is just symbolism for your ability to when you take command over your life what changes you can
1: i think freud would be Appalled at the idea, but I think Jung would be very much behind the idea of doing a ritual to heal yourself. Oh, absolutely. You yeah. know, psychologically, I yeah. think. I think he would probably say there is a hazy line between all that as well, you know. I think like, he
4: experienced it himself. Oh,
1: yeah, he did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm trying to think of the way to phrase this. However many steps we've taken in the paranormal and in researching this stuff, the fact that I'm looking back towards Jung so often and going,
4: Hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: There's a lot there. Yeah. And he was writing about this stuff.
4: At this point, almost 100 years ago. Yeah,
1: right. So, well before I was born. It's, it's very, very interesting to me. That's all. It's just, yeah. it's just really, really, really interesting. I guess the more things change, the more they stay the same, you know.
4: Concepts are, are there.
1: Mm-hmm. So, here's a shorter one. This uh, is
4: by the same listener.
1: She sent me the one, and, you know, it's very personal story she sent that last one yeah you know and it it's difficult to ask follow-up questions i think sometimes it would be i think in person where you could read someone it would be a little bit easier to ask follow-up questions but it's hard to kind of sort out so i thought well well you know she sent the story i'll read it as is but she said do you know do you want a couple more sources yeah absolutely send in what you got so like i said she sent a few more like i think four total we'll read these two tonight so this is also from winter
4: in 2004, I lived in Dover, New Hampshire, in an apartment on Locust Street. It was an old house. The house was creepy. My boyfriend at the time claimed he'd heard a woman's voice talk when he was in the shower one night. I'd never seen him so pale. The place didn't feel to me like there was something there with intent to communicate. It just felt odd. There were constant noises, things moving around, but certainly nothing that ever felt ominous or dark. My boyfriend didn't agree. I've always had sleep time weirdness. At the time, I felt like I was just the type of person that might be open to whatever when I'm sleeping. We had a mattress in the floor, box springs didn't fit up the old stairs. I'm laying on my side facing a wall with a closet door. I think I'm sleeping. I have this sensation entering what I think is a dream, like slowly putting your face into a pool of water. I blink and the wall is a different color in my room. I see a rocking chair in the corner. This isn't my furniture. The rug's different too. It's like some old shag rug orangey in color. So now I'm feeling awake and aware and this is not my room, but it is my room. Everything is different and as I turn back towards the closet I see a woman standing there and she looks toward me and she suddenly looks shocked and screams at me. It startled me and I gasped awake. In my own room, I remember thinking, oh my god, was I a ghost to her? This felt so real, I can't even explain how bizarre it was. I talked to everyone about it for the next week. The thing I was, I still clearly remember this woman's face, hair, and makeup. She looked really early to mid-80s. Permed hair, blue eyeshadow, high-waisted washed jeans. Absolutely never had a good explanation for this, but it did make me giggle. I mean, it's like she screamed. I gasped in response and suddenly everything was normal again. I just imagined this woman decades ago thinking her place is haunted by a random face on the floor. What on earth? I made a terrible ghost. At this same apartment, I started to believe in angels, but I haven't heard you discuss them in your podcast yet, so I'll leave them off. One story tends to roll into another. You know what I thought What immediately struck me is that my bedroom at home as a kid was all orange with like a, like a, almost like a sh- shaggy kind of orange carpet with a rocking chair in the corner. I was like, Oh God, <laughs> it was my
1: room. What I really like about this story is the idea of that she was a ghost for this person in the past. Yeah. And then maybe that person in the past was a ghost for them. Yeah, maybe that's I, what her boyfriend was here. John Tenney had a story on his podcast. That was, And I forget exactly how it went, but basically it was this house that had these kids in it. And they kept seeing this old woman talking about this ghost of this old woman they'd see. And somehow, I don't know whether he had investigated it two different times or what. Somehow it came out that there was an old woman and she used to see a ghost of children in the house. So it was like this kind of like loop Mm -hmm. that to me is really, really interesting that people, you know, people end up like you're someone else's ghost, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, 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 And
4: why wouldn't you be? I mean, the, the idea of these like self-aware ghosts who are just going around opening kitchen cabinets and flipping on lights and stuff seems ridiculous. I think they're just going about their business, and they happen to intersect.
1: Yeah, it's really, really interesting. And if time is not the way we think it is, then it probably isn't. you know, It's all happening at the same time. Yeah, it's, it's, and sometimes you get these places where, for whatever reason, you can see through, mm-hmm. you know... However it works, you know, I don't know the mechanics of how it works, but it's that to me, I, I absolutely love that story for that reason. Uh-huh. Just that idea that, and it's not like she was, this is old woman from Victorian times. She she looked like she was from the eighties. Mm-hmm. That's a wonderful <laughs> detail, you know, cause most yeah. people are like, Oh, it was a, they were dressed like a Victorian mm-hmm. or, or the nondescript white slip dress that you get with a lot of the, the, which I'm, again, I'm not saying that doesn't make these things real.
4: Yeah. You don't, you have a whole chapter on women in white. Absolutely. Yeah,
1: Absolutely. <laughs> That's often what you get you know I think one.
4: sometimes we fill in with what's supposed to be there when we can't remember what's there
1: that's quite possible too, yeah, and we've had the discussion too that putting two different people in the same situation, you know maybe I see a bigfoot and somebody else sees a ghost and a third person, not when we're together, but you know mm-hmm. separately and the third person sees you know a gray alien or whatever the case may be, and then when people are together, maybe that in some way their subconscious locks together and agrees hmm whatever they're going to see and it manifests that way but who knows but no i I just love that story
4: makes more sense that ghosts that are going to scare you would be in stonewashed jeans (laughs) most of the ghosts of my adolescence were in stonewashed jeans
1: So before we get to our discussion with Matt, I would like to thank the patrons.
4: That'd be a nice thing to do.
1: Strange Familiars is brought to you by our patrons. Without you guys, we could not do the show. Thank you so much for your help. For just $3 a month, you can get extra shows. We do full extra shows for patrons. We guarantee at least one a month, which we've done since the very first month of the show.
4: So at this point, there are a lot of extra episodes if you've run out of the regular episodes to listen to.
1: Yes, we're in our third year now, so there are definitely a lot of patron episodes if you sign up, and we're doing more all the time. Most of the months recently, we've done more than one. April's a busy month, we're probably just doing one. But you're guaranteed that one episode, and it is a full episode.
4: And most of the time, we have been trying to save something really good that you know is isn't just like... A something that's a disposable throwaway extra from something else
1: yeah so if you want more strange familiars and you want to help us continue to make the show consider becoming a patron patreon.com slash strange familiars there are different levels of support there if you want to get t-shirts or stickers pins copies of my books all kinds of stuff like that you can look there and get different items for support in the show but even just the three dollars a month gets you the extra shows If you don't like the idea of a subscription, if you still want to help out and you can afford to donate a little money, you can look in our show notes at strangefamiliars.com. There is a PayPal.me link, and you can follow that and make a one-time donation via PayPal. You can also help the show by leaving us a nice five-star review wherever you listen to podcasts, Stitcher, iTunes, wherever that is, and by sharing the show on social media. So now let's talk with Matt. He's got a lot of really interesting experiences. Definitely, uh, my favorite is this Bigfoot thing he talks about. It's just so creepy the way and he now describes I I immediately
4: crawling. get a mental image of it, and I do not like it. <laughs> it's
1: really, really interesting. So check Matt out. He also describes some other stuff, like some beeping noises and stuff that sounds a lot like things you've talked some about. things I've talked about which he apparently hadn't heard before because he was pretty wild when I was like oh yeah I, I've heard that sound and told him about it and we'll go to that right now
2: what do you actually think this is you know like you know like I think like You know, like, what happened is, like, we compartmentalize everything, right? And I don't think it's like that. I think the whole thing is connected, I think. Bigfoot, I think the UFO, I think Ghost. I think it's all connected, and I think it's, like, I don't know. It's very strange, you know? And and it's always been in my – it's just always, like, been around us, you know? Like, I just –
5: Yeah, I
1: absolutely agree. I absolutely agree. You know, my buddy Josh, who I'm, I'm writing my next book with, kind of has been saying it's like it's all one big ghost story in a way. Yeah. And, uh, it, you know, there might be something to that. If you read these old, you know, I'm a big folklore guy. If you read these old accounts, they're talking about the same stuff. They're describing the same stuff back then that we're seeing now. We just have a different vocabulary now, you know?
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. I agree with you 100%. Before they would call it a fairy,
1: they call you know anything weird a fairy. Nowadays we you know we have these individual names, and uh, right we separate them into these little things and and it's yeah it's like I always say that if you talk to somebody who's had a bigfoot sighting, for example, well most of them are right. either maybe a hunter in the woods sees one walk by, or somebody's driving in sure. a car and some one crosses the road, and those are the people that are tell you one hundred percent it's an animal. But if you right. start get, talking to people who have multiple encounters, like, for instance, the Bigfoot creatures are coming on their property over and over again and stuff, yeah. it gets weird. Stuff starts getting weird. And then they'll start talking about poltergeist activity in their house and weird lights and...
2: Absolutely. Yeah. And what I've like actually like researched and found out that certain individuals will see more and it'll keep on happening to them. Almost like this phenomenon... Is taking notice of that individual, and they like to like f- them, you know, mm-hmm. or whatever it is. But.
1: You know, in the Bigfoot world, they say once once you see him, like uh, researchers yeah. will say this. Even guys who believe it's a gorilla, they'll say like, well, once you see him, then then you know you'll know how to see him again. And it's like really, like is that what's going on there, or is it something else that, going on there?
2: Right. I don't think it's I don't think it's just flesh and I, bone. You know, yeah. like I. I think it's something else.
1: Yeah, I can't. I I just can't wrap my head around that anymore. People get angry at me for saying it, people in the Bigfoot world, but I just. It's. There's nothing in the fossil record, and, you know, we're going to need to produce a body if it's. And I just don't see. I don't see where they live. I don't see where they're coming from and where they're going. It's just not real apparent.
3: Absolutely.
2: You know, like my take on it and I don't know like all the things that I've seen it's almost like it's interdimensional you know it's almost like it just phases in and then it phases out you know like it's just so bizarre man
1: I mean there's something deep 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 in us that needs this kind of wild man and yeah, I'm getting you, very like Jungian here but I mean it's no you it, are you are in, right it's in every culture it's in every culture yep. they, they have this wild man and yeah You know, I I just, you know, there aren't monkeys everywhere
2: in the world, you know? Yeah. It's almost like this stuff makes us feel even more human, in a way. Yeah. I don't know if you feel that way, but... No, no, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, absolutely. And then there's, you know, there's people who say that this is like something, like the universe or whatever, trying to find a way Mm -hmm. to communicate with us through these different things. Why it so often needs a fear response is is would be my big question. You know, if that's the case, right? Is that right.
2: why is there a flight or fight?
3: Hmm.
1: Is is, is yeah. that the, you know, maybe one of the easiest responses to elicit? You know, yeah. I, I don't actually know, but yeah, there's something really, really deep in us that seems to. Either it's been there the whole time alongside us. You know, and we've we've just always lived with it, and it's so so it's become this deep part of us, or or we've needed this sort of wild man alongside us all the time, sure,
2: or some combination thereof. I don't know. (laughs) I just want to say I love your uh, music. I think it's great. Oh, thanks so so
1: much. Thank you.
2: Yeah, what I find interesting also, we can actually go on to my uh, what I saw or whatever, but I just want to like you know like. I know that you're into like a lot of lore, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. And what? Yeah, which is awesome. I'm into that also. What I found like really cool is if you think of like you know like the the elves or the fairies. Like if you go back and read some stories about them, they came down in like some kind of ship or like a cloud or whatever. I don't know if you ever read that.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm not sure if I've if I've uh, run into that particular one, but. I mean,
2: it, it. And it's almost it, like the same thing as Alien. Yeah, know,
1: or, exactly. It rings true. You know what I mean? It's it's the kind of thing where I might have come across it, and it just was like, oh yeah, of course. <laughs> right. Yeah. But uh, but you know, I don't know if I ran across that specific bit of folklore or not. But yeah, it's not surprising in the least when you tell me yeah. that. It's like yeah, of course. Yeah. Like I said, it's. I think we're just using a different vocabulary for the
2: same old things. Absolutely.
1: Well, Matt, you had something, you said when you were about, was it about 16 this happened?
2: Yeah, I was uh, 16 years old, and I was, uh, you know, like, I was, I've always, like, been into the occult, like, you know, or, you know, like, just esoteric, and, you know, just reading books or whatever, you know, like, you know, whatever. And it came across this book, which is really weird, because this book is supposed to be fiction, which was the, uh, That was HP Lovecraft. Mm
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Was this the Simon version? Did it have the, um, the sort of symbol in the front?
2: Yes, it did. Yes, it did. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It was with, it was with the, uh, I think he was called like the mad Arab or whatever like that.
1: Yes. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, um, go ahead. And and I will uh, talk a little, little bit about that in a bit. Go ahead.
2: Yeah. And, um, You know, like I was like fooling around with that, you know, like I was just reading it and you know, like I wasn't doing anything, you know, like I wasn't like trying to like, you know, like do spells or whatever like that, you know, I was just, you know, like into that kind of stuff. And, you know, like I remember I'm in my room and just something just felt very strange. Like I wasn't alone. And then the next day, I was with my friend, and we were just, you know, messing around with it or whatever like that. And we were just, like, joking around and read this, like, passage on it. And then later on, as I, like, figured out, or when I went back on it, like, it specifies that you need to have a guardian if you're going to try and open up whatever. Just, you know, like, weird and, like, bizarre. I And, you know, like, we read that. And, you know, like we were going out that night and we were just hanging out. And as soon as we walked out of his house, we went maybe three blocks. This cop stops us, not just one cop, but like five cops. And they start searching us and telling us that we just robbed a house, which we did not. And just like one negative thing after another kept happening. So the next morning we go to work. I was 16 years old. I was working with my buddy. And we usually walked home after that. And you can actually look this all up. Like we literally got robbed and shot. We're walking home and there's this overpass that was over the expressway. And it was was a little bit secluded or whatever like that. And, you know, like we're uh, walking down there and we see two guys coming towards us. Just like everything that led up to this, like I feel, and maybe I'm just—I don't know. Like I've always had like weird things. I've always like seen stuff, and I'm not like telling you that I'm like special or anything. Like that's like the farthest thing from my like mind. Like I'm not some ego or whatever, you know. And we're walking down this like bridge, and it's over, you overpass, know, and, and these two guys come up to us, and they like pull out the gun, and I'm like, here we go, and he gets my like buddy on the ground there's actually two of them and there's like this big struggle and it, it it was just so surreal like everything just like kind just stops when you're in a situation like this and it just feels like it it goes on forever and you know like so and also i hear the gun go off and he shoots my like buddy in the hip
3: Whoa.
2: so now i watch my like buddy get shot here And then I turned around, and I'm looking at this guy, and he's pointing the gun right at me, and I know I'm going to get shot. And I'm just, like, begging. I'm like, you know. And then it just happened. And I got shot, and it was in the leg. And I instantly put my hand on it. And when I lifted it up, like, blood was just squirting out. It was just, like, pumping out. I mean, it was just, like, so much. So like we were stuck up there and we had to get down uh, onto the expressway. We had to actually hang over the overpass and fall like halfway down into the grassy area. That's on like a slant. I don't know if you've ever seen one of those before. Mm -hmm. And we had to fall down there. And this whole time, like, I just like feel like there's like this like really dark presence just around us all around us the whole time ever since the night before and I couldn't shake it and it was just like so weird and we got down we had to like fall down and we're like literally in the middle of the expressway and cars are just whizzing by us whizzing by us no one would stop for like five minutes and I'm losing blood he's completely white and finally somebody stopped And that's it, you know, but like, I truly believe that if you're, you know, like it's messing around with stuff that's, you know, like it can be like potentially dangerous. And even though if it is fiction, if you put enough energy into it or, you know, like whatever, whatever this phenomenon is, I think it'll utilize whatever it is that you're like trying to like mess with and just, you know, like make you like try and go Completely nuts and insane. After I healed, I was in the hospital actually for like five months. Um, it was a hollow point, and when it went in, it exploded. Wow. And I still, to this day, have sixty-five pieces like riddled in my entire leg. Jeez. So I get home, and then it's like this warfare going on. I cannot explain like what happened. You know, like it was just completely chaos. Like, I just felt like everything was, like, watching me, completely paranoid, And it took me a a great while to get out of that. And, you know, like, I started, like, you know, meditating and um, finding God, you know, basically. And I got myself out of that. But I truly believe that whatever it was, like, if you're, like, playing with stuff or whatever, if it's dark, you know, like, it'll attach to whatever that you're, like, playing with. And,
1: I had seen the Necronomicon, or the Simon-nomicon, as people like to call it, it advertised in a magazine. It was in those those heavy metal comics when I was little. I was probably too young to be reading them, but I was. Right. And at the time, you had to order it, uh, you know, like a leather-bound volume, I think, when it first came out. And then they they published a paperback. I saw it. I was probably 12 or something. I was young when I saw it and bought it in the bookstore, and I realized, like, oh, wait, this is supposed to be real as you're reading it. And uh, yeah. that book fully freaked me out as a 12-year-old. I remember just reading through it and trying to figure out, wait a minute, this is, this is for real? I mean, it, you know, they were claiming it was for real. But like you said, right, right, right. I don't think, w- when you put the power into it of thought... Right. Perhaps even a young mind too might be more open to the idea of like, "Wait, is you know this this is real or this could be real? You have less of that uh, Absolutely. that kind of doubt you get as an adult maybe, or that sort of thinking where you go, well, it's you know it's published by Simon, like really like, yeah.
2: <laughs> like right well, did, but it's not that I thought it was real. it's you know like just like what you're just like uh, you know like putting that thought into it, and whatever these things are. Whatever that's out there, you know, this, whatever you want to call it, it will attach to whatever, if it sees that, whatever it is, if it sees you, and if you kind of have a feeling towards them, it'll take notice. Mm-hmm. And whatever the instrument is, that's how it'll, am I like making any sense I think, on that? Yeah,
1: yeah, I think so. Just to take a step back, was your friend okay?
2: Yes. He was okay. He was in and out of, of the hospital. He was actually out of the hospital the next day. And what's really strange is, you know, I'm the one that read it. I'm the one that read the like, passage.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And I was literally in the hospital for, for I think it was five or six months. Mm. Uh, like, total leg was destroyed.
1: Did they ever catch the guys?
2: Never caught those guys. What would you do with the book then? The book. Yeah. I, <laughs> what I did with the book was, I drove it out, way out. We actually had these like ponds where I used to live in New York, called up Menden Ponds, and there, it's just like a beautiful area. And uh, I literally chucked that book in the middle of the pond.
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't blame you. I'm I, you yeah. Know, look, I'm not saying I'm not saying that book is evil. You know what I mean? But I think it's like I'm you're not either. Saying, I'm I think it's like you're saying, like if you put that into it, you know what I mean, if if right. and, and something else was able to, like you said, kinda of, kinda of use that. I mean Yeah. And of course, you know, maybe just a bunch of bad luck happened. You know what I mean? But
2: Yeah, you know. I mean, it could be a bunch of like, bad luck, but it's You know, no, yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. I I know that that (laughs) oppress it's like an oppressive feeling, it really is. It's like,
3: it really is, yeah.
1: Yeah. And you're kind of like, what's going on? What's and almost what's coming next, too, which is you know, possibly even worse.
2: Absolutely, wow. So, anxiety was just you know, like just insane. And it's almost like you know, like you know, it's almost Timothy, like something is feeding off of your anxiety or your fears, you know?
3: Mm-hmm.
2: You know, like I researched this, you know, ever since that happened, like i just, you know, like have just delved into this and, you know, like trying to figure out some kind of like explanation of the whole thing, you know, the things that I've seen, like multiple UFOs with my son, just weird and bizarre things. He had like a reptilian fighting, which scared the crap out of him, Uh, which I just recently just, I was actually talking to him today and, and he was actually telling me, you know, dad, a couple of years back, like we're walking and we see this red glowing light that's in the sky. And we're like, dad, whatever. And it just wouldn't go away. And then he said, moments later, something was rustling in the, uh, woods as we were walking up to my, um, his uh, buddy's house and they looked and they saw this scaly reptile face looking thing on all fours looking at them Hmm. and they ran and they booked and they just ran, you know, just very bizarre stuff.
1: And that was directly after seeing the light in the sky.
2: That was directly after seeing that light. Yeah. And I used to have a house on Lake Ontario We were having a family uh, barbecue out, and him and I were just throwing the uh, football or whatever. And he goes, Dad, look. And we look towards the lake, and we see this, the most bizarre, biggest structure, craft in the sky. It was completely domed underneath, but it looked like it had a city on top of it. Like a city, wow! And it was just hanging there, and we we're like looking at this thing for like five seconds, and then you know, my ex-wife, and she looks at it, and then we're like run around the edge, you know, to get a, a better you know glance of the thing, and it's gone, you know, like just there's strange things, man.
1: So you mentioned that you had a was it a possible Sasquatch encounter or was it a did did you get lay eyes on something?
2: Yeah, it was a possible Sasquatch. We're right now. I live in Florida, and um, my wife and I were in our uh, back here. We have this nice little nigh or whatever, and we're sitting out here. I was facing her, and she has her like back towards the greened-in like porch, and all of a sudden, man, I see man, it's so hard to f-. I see this thing crawling. It was like eight feet long. Crawling at the gents of the lanai. It was almost like phasing in and out. Huh. And I know I use that word a lot. And because that's just how I can like explain it. And this thing, first I saw its head couldn't make out features or anything. And then I saw this thing just gliding almost just supernatural, like, moving against the line. And then I got up. I freaked out. Like, I stood straight up, and I screamed at the top of my lungs. I scared the crap out of my life. And I yelled, and I was like, get out of here! Get out of here! Get out! What the hell are you? And... As soon as I said that, it slithered back the way it came, and I went up against the one eye, and I could see this outline of this creature, this face, but I couldn't make out anything. It was, like, the most bizarre thing ever, and it just faded into the darkness. That was, like, probably the creepiest thing I've ever seen in my entire life. And I've seen a lot. I mean, I'm just accustomed to this crap, you know? Was this nighttime or during the day? This was nighttime, yeah. Yeah, this was about 8 o'clock at night.
1: Yeah, did it ever
2: seem to stand up? Like, was it doing that? It, like- never, it never stood up. It almost looked like it was on all fours, but it moved in not like a sound. And it moved, like, in a flowing manner. Like, it was almost just gliding off of the ground. Wow. But I could see that it was on the ground, man. And, like, the stealth on this thing, I honestly think that it thought, like, I couldn't see it.
3: hmm You know what I mean? hmm
2: And what I, like, say, like, by, like, phasing out is, like, you know, like, it was, like, almost distorted. There was, like, a distortion to it. You know, you know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I like mean, I've I've not seen that, but distortion. I've heard
1: people describe that. You know,
2: have you really?
1: Oh yeah, yeah. I've heard people describe, like, you know, they'll call it like the predator thing, or or uh, yeah, and they'll say that they saw Bigfoot doing it. Like they'll they'll see it one second, and then they just see it, say it kind of does this like predator thing, where it sort of blends into to the background.
2: Yeah, it was absolutely. It was, I mean, I was scared.
1: I've heard people describe them crawling on all fours before. They always say they move really weird. They say they they move like I've heard people describe them moving like spiders, or
2: yes, like something, or or even a snake.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, because that's what I that's what I thought that how it was like moving. It was like moving like a snake. Wow, you know, it, it was like oh my god, dude. Like man, I completely terrifying. <laughs>
1: And so you,
2: I, I when, was so scared when you yelled and at I hate it. to say that because I'm like this big, you know, I'm like this big bearded man, you know, <laughs> but I was like, I was like freaking terrified.
1: man. No, yeah, I, I, I screamed at it. I know the fear. I know the, I, and I didn't even see anything. And, uh, whatever happened to me, I, my legs were locked. I wanted to run so bad and I couldn't run. Yeah. I was completely yeah, frozen in place and, and I kinda, I'm kinda happy I didn't see anything cause I don't, I don't think I was ready for it at that point. I don't know if I ever will be, but, you know, I I, I thought I was going to get an up close and personal that day. I I smelled the bad smell and and everything, and I was just.
2: Did did you really? Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. That's awesome. That is so awesome.
1: It was terrifying for, you know, those few moments. You know, it could have been a minute, could could have been two minutes. I don't know. However long it was where that smell lasted, I was uh, terrified, absolutely terrified.
2: What I find really intriguing about your story is the like metal clicking or like the gears clicking.
1: Yeah, and and I which, almost didn't tell people like, that. Because well, it just sounds so weird, right? So I was like,
2: well, maybe. But it that sounds weird. But I think like we're on the right like path here. I don't know if you ever read the Skinwalker or the Hunt for the Skinwalker.
1: Uh, I haven't read the book, but I'm I'm very familiar with the story. You know, with the, yeah.
2: all the events. Like they they would constantly hear like equipment or gears, mm-hmm. constantly. You know, like some kind of having machinery or you know, like uh, computer sounds, like just like like weird bizarre things, like right before or right after something happened. Yeah, and yeah, it's and- so funny that you're saying that. You know, that's actually pretty wild.
1: There Al Barry was one of the guys was with Ron Moorhead up at the Sierra camp and he wrote a book in nineteen seventy six. And yeah. he, he tells a lot of stuff that Ron's talking about the weird stuff now, but he didn't for a long time. And but Al right, Barry he just
2: wrote quantum Bigfoot or something like that, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. Al Barry was talking about it from the beginning and in this book in nineteen seventy six he talks about those machinery sounds in the ground. And yeah, I just read that recently. <laughs> Uh, you know, so it's it's definitely a thing. And then the, I, I was in the woods yesterday, and I heard a car door slam right beside me, on, on a hill right beside me. And that's a thing, too. You're kidding me. That's
3: a thing You're kidding about.
1: Me. Yeah, hearing car doors slam, like, when they're, you know, way out in the middle of nowhere. I was, uh... Yeah. I didn't even put it... I was looking around for a four-wheel drive or something. I thought, like, does somebody, like, drive in here? Right. There's no way. I mean, it's the side of a big rocky hill. There's a creek on the other side of me. It it's just couldn't, you know, it couldn't be. So that was just weird. But uh, yeah, yeah. So, so when I, I almost like when I started telling the story, I almost not that I would lie, but I was like, maybe I didn't hear that gear sound. But then I just thought, well, it's, I'll just tell it, you know, this is what what I heard. That's what I heard. Yeah. And then uh, later on, I started reading these other things, you know, about people hearing these machinery sounds and these weird, you know, sounds associated with this stuff.
2: And I was like, yeah, well, I guess, it, um, I guess it fits. I remember one time I was aping and I got woken up and it was like the loudest computer sound, like it, it, it was like a whole bunch of like beeps that just went off. But it was like, it, uh, it was like, it was almost like, you know, like a beep, beep, boop, boop mm-hmm. you know, and it was so loud. And I woke up and I, it just felt so, like, artificial. Like, it wasn't... You know what I mean? Like, it was something on a computer or whatever like yeah. that.
1: Yeah. No, I mean, I don't know if you've ever... I, see, I, I forget what I've talked about on the regular episodes and what I talked about on the patron episodes. I For a while, I was having what I thought were abduction experiences. I mean, they, I believe they were. I just don't... I never left my bed, which is a very difficult yeah. thing to explain to people. I wasn't on a spaceship and all this stuff. Wait neurotic body yeah i think so i think so yeah but uh i started getting concerned about this and i left a sound activated tape recorder under my bed this is when just when i got out of college i moved back to my parents farm for a little bit oh my goodness and this is already getting creepy so you know sound activated i just threw under my bed so i was just i was getting curious about it and i let it go for about a Probably about a week, five days, a w- or a week, or something like that. And I'm listening back to it, and what I heard was a, a series of weird beeps, like you're describing. It sounded almost like like eight bit, like an old Atari game or something. Almost, yeah. Like almost, are you kidding me? Cartoon? No, no. It was it was weird beeps, and then me saying no, <laughs> very very uh, desperately saying no a lot. And it wow, it freaked me out so much. I took the tape out of the recorder, threw it away, and uh, wow, never did that again. At, at this point, I'd love to have that tape, but I was I just wasn't ready for it at the time. I just could not deal with right. it. I had to like I just had to get it away from me because it was too no, freaky. absolutely. But that's what it sounded like. It sounded like a like an
2: Atari game or something like like an Yes, that's exactly that's exactly what woke me up. That's exactly what woke me up. That is.
3: Are. yeah it's...
2: there's got to be something to that with this like phenomenon there's got to be something to it well like i, mean... I think like maybe that's like the step like that's like before everything happens or after it happens or but you know like wrapping your mind you figure it out is like it's just i don't know
1: there's something about it, you know, with sound, like you said, there's always these sounds that seem to precede events, not That's always, right. but often. there's often these sounds that precede these events and follow them. and
2: maybe we're just not in the right frequency. yeah, it could be. It really could be. Like I've often like, thought that, like you know, like everything has a frequency, you know. And mm-hmm. you know like maybe we just can't get into that frequency where we can have like a visual sometimes we can sometimes we have like visuals obviously people are seeing stuff you know
3: mm-hmm.
2: and it's just like it just like comes and goes you know
3: fred beck
1: was it's was one of the guys who, who was at. i don't are you familiar with the ape canyon incident from the 1920s the miners up in the in washington state yeah um that's most often reported as the very basic kind of as a guy shoots a bigfoot the bigfoot come back to the cabin and attack the cabin at night but right. fred beck was one of the miners and he he wrote about it after the fact and a lot a lot of weird stuff was going on there they were seeing apparitions and hear again hearing the sounds of machinery in the ground and stuff and i mean he's he's writing this several years after the fact but he's relaying the story yeah. but he said and i i really like this idea he said you know in regards to these creatures he said, "No one, you're not going to catch them because they're not like it's not like a monkey in the woods." And he said, mm-hmm. "He said they manifest." And He said, "I think they they need us, like us being humans, somehow there they need our energy to manifest and become physical." He said, "Not always, but often." And I thought that was a really so really, really really interesting idea. And in, because he's writing about this, you know, way I think it's in the '60s. Uh so sometime after yeah. you know the event happened, he wrote the book with his son. But still, really kind of forward thinking, I thought for the time.
2: Yeah, absolutely. That makes complete sense.
3: Mm-hmm. I mean,
2: honestly, it really does. Like I, you know, like I think that also. I think that they need us, like just not just we need them.
3: Mm-hmm. Whatever it
2: is, I honestly feel like it's almost like a feeding mm-hmm.
3: hole. And I hate
2: to say that, man, because it freaks me the hell out. You know, like why do you have all these ancient texts? you know, with, uh, Jesus and Buddha, and you know, like Shiva that, you know, tell you to calm your mind, calm your mind. You have all these texts, like what, what are you calming it for? You know, like you don't want to, it's almost like they're like trying to tell us, listen, there's things out there that are going to feed off you. If you're a maniac, if you're like a horrible person, it's almost like the realm of like demons, uh, Almost, you know? And I hate to say that because I don't want to be like angels and demons and all that. But it's almost like in that realm. You know, like it's almost like this feeding frenzy. And you look at what's happening around the world and it's just total chaos. And I don't know if you've noticed this, but there's more sightings and more people coming out with weirder than there than there has been in a very long time. Yeah. And it's almost like... A feeding frenzy. The, it's almost like sharks.
1: The cryptids are are kind of weirder too. I mean, I, I mean, we all, there's always going to be yeah. that wild man. Like I was saying, that's always going to be there. I think, but we, we get like my latest book. I've got it's like think, these you know winged moth man things. Uh, these right. like uh, Somebody described a dog man, but they said it looked like a hyena. it Didn't look like a wolf. You know, yeah. I, uh, a, a toad man, you know, and it's just like all just this bizarre. weird, weird stuff. Yeah. It's, and, I, and I did find some, you know, I can find some old reports of some of that weird stuff, but it's it does seem like we get more now, although, it, you know, maybe it's just that we have the Internet and we can communicate this stuff easier. I'm not sure. But sure. but it seems it, it certainly feels like what you're saying is true. Like there's just more weird stuff happening. Yeah. Than before. To step back to that Bigfoot setting, did, did so? Did it? It sort of backed up into the into the brush or
2: something when you yelled at it. Well, I have my lanai is completely open, and it's on the side of the house. And as it like, and as it like crept back, like it just crept back the same way it came, which was on the side of the house. Mm. And like, I've never seen anything move like that in my entire life. You know, like, it was freaking mystical. It was freaking absolute beautiful. You know, like, now that I think about it, you know, I mean, it's scary as all hell, but it's like, wow. That's, like, pretty wild, man. You know? um, Like, like effortless. Yeah. Like, like effortless. Like, defying all laws of gravity. or, or, Or just all laws of just physics, you know? Like, just completely something that's just abnormal and just strange, high strangeness, you know? <laughs> right, right. You know, man. Did you get a look at um, its at its face or its eyes at all? I got like an outline of his face and what I saw was like it, it looked like a bunch it looked like a bunch of stars that were just swirling like together. Wow. It, it was just insane. Like, his whole face was just swirling. Almost. Wow, that's like, wild.
1: Cause, uh, it, the, it was crazy, man. I don't know if you heard, um, well, it was this week's show, but it, you know, by the time I get this edited, it, it won't be this week's show anymore. But when Mo described that Bigfoot he saw, I, I don't know if you heard it, but he said it looked like his face was imploding.
2: That's the way he described it. No, I never heard that one. What yeah. episode is that, bro? Uh,
1: it just dropped today, or yesterday. It's called uh, I okay. think it's a Halloween Flannel Man and a Impossibly Black Bigfoot. I think is is the title. So it's, it's episode okay. seventy five. To to yeah, he but he said like the face, and he kept saying there like I I don't know, there just wasn't a face. I looked at the face, and it looked like it was imploding. Just said, that's
2: insane. Yeah, <laughs> I'm getting goosebumps right now. Yeah, I can't wait. I'm I'm gonna listen to that after uh, after we. After we
1: talk to him. oh and you can tell he's I mean so my wife's not a big believer in all this stuff but you know she was listening to my interview with him and she's just like yeah I, I don't know what he saw but he saw something I you know she, she's right. like I can't she, he saw something but uh, there's been a couple right. times where she's been really affected there, a guy came up to us at a paranormal festival and started describing encounters with these these little hairy things these little Alba twitches, and Wow. And she was like, my wife was like, she looked at me and she's like, he he really saw something. You know, you could tell yeah. she was just kind of like taken aback because she's, she's such a skeptic and I'm happy for it. Like, it's good to have a skeptic around, you know, I'm, I, I don't mind you, that. Yeah,
2: absolutely. It's my good. wife's like that too. She's a complete skeptic about everything on, on yeah. this whole thing.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's, I, and I think that's good. I think it's good to have, because you can get, you know, somebody can check you. <laughs> I
2: need that balance, man. Because I'll, <laughs> I need that balance. Because, you know, if I don't have her and I don't have that balance, I'll just keep going deeper and deeper and deeper. And and I will get lost in this whole thing, Mm -hmm. you know, and I and I have to like find myself like pulling myself back. And she usually does that for me also, you know, but like, you know, like there's times, man, where I'm just I just read, 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 read. And I'm just like so obsessed with this, you know, like it's just. I don't know. Like, it's crazy. Like, I get so obsessed with this. um, I
1: I absolutely can get the same way. And and usually when when I start getting that feeling, I know it's like, you know what, now it's time time to read some fiction, (laughs) take a step back, watch a movie, and read some fiction. You can always go back to it again,
2: you know? Yeah. No, absolutely. And I'm actually getting to that point again where I need to just step back. You know, like, I was actually telling my wife after this interview, like, I'm just going to stop, man, you know, for a while, because... There is, you know, like weird things happening again, and you know, like I just, I don't want that around my family. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. And,
1: what, I, I have wondered. Like, so I kind of put all this away for a long time, and then I, you know, I started writing books and stuff again. I, it wasn't a conscious decision, but my, you know, my kids are are older now. They're, you know, they're they're fifteen uh-huh. now, and uh, right. You know, I wonder if it was just like like even subconsciously. I was like, okay, they're a bit older. I can start getting back into this. Yeah, yeah. I don't have to worry so much or if, yeah, just, absolutely. or if it just worked out that way. I don't know. But uh, I, I definitely, you know, whether consciously or not, I, I stayed away from it for a while when they were, when they were real little.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's where I'm at right now. Like I, after this, I'm, I'm putting away all of the books and I'm just i
5: done <laughs> <laughs> well
1: like done I said it's, well. it's yeah it's good to take a break when because uh I get the same way where you just almost become obsessive yeah. about it and then uh and you just need to like take a deep breath and it's time yeah. to appreciate some other stuff in life L- luckily I have other interests that I think sure. still still work for this kind of stuff I mean you know I'm interested in hermits and and things like that that are sort of you know they're not directly connected but it's still stuff I can do for the show and, uh, and my wife's very interested in circus people and so forth. So there's, you know, when, it, when things get intense,
2: we, go. we can still keep doing yep. the
1: show. <laughs> just, just kind of take a, a turn for a minute and then get back to it.
2: But Let me ask you a question. Sure. Um, what do you think of DMT? I've never. Do you think that that's, I haven't, do you think that that's a way to actually, you know, like ayahuasca, I PMP. think psychedelics
1: in general are a legitimate way to experience this stuff. I do too. I, I do too. I, I don't know if they're—it's kind of like doing magic without like protecting yourself and 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 just going willy nilly into it. I think in the same way, right? You kind of have to don't be willy nilly about it. I'm I'm very like you know I have like, some younger friends and they're like you know hey man you know we got some mushrooms let's party I'm like nope. I'm not it's not nope. a party it's not a party drug I take it very seriously wow. and
2: and you're uh, like the only other person I think that's ever said that except me it is like a total sacred thing and you don't do it all the time
1: no and you know? no, I rarely ever I mean it's just not because exactly especially as I'm older like now it's I don't <laughs> like with LSD I, like, I don't want to spend 12 hours out of my mind no I, You know, no that
2: sounds absolutely
1: horrible yeah exactly It's like, well even drinking now I'm like you know I, I have a, a you know a drink or two I don't want to be drunk because then then you have to wait it out yeah. you know like I just I'm just right. done with all that but no I think I think it's legit I think it's just like dreams I, I think mean, it I, is a way I think you have you know like the the aboriginal people said you have sometimes you have big dreams and sometimes you have little dreams and you know the little dreams are I forgot to pay the gas bill you know and the big, the big dreams are these things that have a lot of meaning and, and power and, and so forth and symbolism. And I think probably it's the, it's the same thing with psychedelics. I think you, you, there's probably, you know, little experiences and then big experiences. with, But I wouldn't recommend anybody go into it lightly at all. I mean, I think it's... No, not it's, at all. They could be um, incredibly uh, useful, I guess. You have like a shot to your system. Exactly. And then, and, and, yeah, I think if you, you go into it, like I had some of these people... Uh, same group of guys actually were using salvia and trying to use it as a party drug. I was like, "You guys are insane! You're not going to have a fun God. time. You're going to come out the no. other side and hate this stuff." And they did. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we're going to do a show at some point on psychedelics and the other, and uh, have some people yeah. talk. stuff. But I, yeah, I do. I think. I think. Uh, I mean, I think it's part of I that. Think I think McKenna, when he was talking about so meeting those entities and, and so forth. Yeah, you know, I think absolutely. I think they were every bit as as real or unreal as the ones yeah. that uh, were quote unquote ab- abducting me. There's something to it, and it's there it's, is it's tied in with something this. Something to it, yeah. I don't know if you ever heard Paul Stamets talk. He's like the mushroom guy. He's like serious, like you know, mushroom scientist stuff. He's he's an incredible thinker. Oh yeah, yep. It's his idea that this, you know, this is. Some way, like the psychedelic experiences is, is like their way they them being the mushrooms, whatever energy that you know they have, whatever consciousness they have, that's their way to communicate with us and this is a guy who's also like coming up with ways you know to clean soil with mushrooms that is pretty much horribly uh polluted by
2: you know right. industrial waste why and is stuff. he having these why is he having these you know like awesome like visions of like helping the planet you know after he's like cleaning mushrooms, you know. Like, there is this connection.
3: Yeah. And, yeah. you know,
2: one of the most like, profound experiences I had, you know, like I, I'm like walking and, you know, like I'm just, the trees just are just like, they're just breathing and you could see them breathe, you know?
3: Mm-hmm. And it's
2: just like, that's really happening. Like, I think that's, like, I think what happens is you get to have a glance of the unseen world, is what I like to call it, you know? hmm. Like, what's really happening? Like, you know, like, yes, these things are alive. You know, you have all these like trees now that they're like finding out that can communicate through their roots. These things are alive, you know, and they're like breathing, and it's just amazing stuff. Yeah, it really is.
1: Well, Matt, thank you so much for sharing your stories.
2: Thank you. You know, I just want to tell you thank you. Oh so much, you know, this is a great outlet for like people and I think you're doing a really great job and I really enjoy your show.
5: Oh,
1: thanks. And wow, I mean the whole thing with the shooting, you were 16, you said.
2: Yeah, I was 16 years old wow. when that happened. Man. And uh yeah, I was like messed up for a couple years like trying to just figure out how to get back into reality, you know, and that's we, we, also without taking any, you know, like, medication also. Like, I did it all on my own, through mm-hmm. my own mind, you know. And that's that's just a test of how powerful our, our mind really is. Like, we can really solve issues within ourselves, you know.
1: Yeah, and you that's there. not to say people who do need, you know, professional help, or you know, have done anything wrong. Well, or, yeah. Or are... are well, are, yeah, absolutely. ...are lesser in the mind. But, yeah, no, I, I absolutely... think you're right when you got rid of the necronomicon did that seem to help
2: instantly when i got rid of that book it was almost like a cloud lifted but i was still left with this this like residue Mm -hmm. you know i was still just left with just this lingering residue but it was not as heavy Mm -hmm. gradually i got rid of that also but instantly things instantly things just stop just a very bizarre experience. And, you know, like, I'm not saying that that I just want to make this clear. Like, I don't believe that the book was the cause. I believe whatever these things are, they attach to certain things and will work through them
3: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
2: just to almost confuse you. It's like this stuff wants to confuse you to the max because when you look at one thing, there's like something completely different on the other spectrum of it. And it makes no sense. But I think that's the whole game of this whole thing. Like, I honestly, like, I honestly think that this is a freaking game, man mm-hmm yeah you
1: know. I, I, the problem is it's 4d chess and the chessboard's a fractal that's ever-changing and we only get to right. pe- peek through a keyhole you know and the absolutely
2: oppo- that's a great analogy yeah
1: and the opponent has all queens
2: <laughs> yeah right yeah <laughs> they can move in every which which yeah. direction and <laughs> exactly and, and just take us out whenever they want yeah <laughs>
1: It's neat, though, that you kind of created a little ritual for yourself. I mean, you know, consciously or not, that you basically, you, you know, you drowned the book, essentially. and Absolutely. And that was the beginning, I guess, of starting to feel better, or part of the process anyway.
2: Absolutely. I feel that ritual is very important, and I feel that, you know, like we have lost that. Mm-hmm. And I feel, lo- you know, like I, I honestly do. I think that if you're a good person, person with good intentions and you have a ritual, you know, I think it's a good thing, man, you know, and we lost the old ways. Yeah. And, you know, like, it's kind of sad, you know, like, it was, I almost like to think that Christianity was here, was like, you know, it's made up to get rid of this stuff almost. People forgot about this. They forgot about these little elves or... Whatever everyone's calling like brownies or these like changelings or whatever, whatever I, it is, you know, like bigfoot I, I would and argue I feel Christianity like kinda was like, okay, we have to do something about this because it's, it's getting out of control, so let's just like i don't know
1: i I, I think I would I argue that sense. it was is it's more the materialist end of Christianity because I don't think it started off that way at all, I, I mean, I think essentially. And I, I would, I would remove Christianity from it, uh, so as not to offend people, and just say the West in general, like Western culture.
2: Sure. Well, everybody gets offended now.
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> but no, I do believe. I, I think it's, it's, it's our attitude in the West, which, however much you know, you, you can make an argument that it's been very much informed by Christianity. Yeah. But whatever the case, it seems like to me, it almost has more to do with materialist stuff which has its root in the later era of the church i think i don't think it started out necessarily with that in mind with that as its goal and then i think later on it's i mean if you look at we're just discouraged i think from a young age to be interested in this kind of stuff from you know i remember you know my parents my teachers and so forth just kind of not telling me not to do it, but very much kind of discouraging me. Why? Yeah. Why are you interested in all this stuff? It's not. It's not real, you know. Why do you? Why do you care? No, absolutely. And me just being like, well, I don't know. I'm just, you know, I, I'm, I'm drawn just, to just, it for whatever yeah. reason. But uh,
2: absolutely. When I was a kid, you know, like all I did was when I was in school, I drew monsters mm-hmm. constantly, mm-hmm. just monsters, monsters, monsters. And, you know, like, the teacher grabs this, you know, like, I, like, made this crazy guy with this, like, chainsaw hand, you know, like, chopping off some guy's head, all <laughs>
3: like that.
2: you know, like, I was just, like, you know, like, drawing monsters I'm like that. And the, I remember this, because the teacher calls my mom. My, my mom is just flipping out. And she's like, why do you like this kind of stuff? And it's just, I don't know. I, You know, like, I'm just intrigued by the weirdness, you know,
3: mm-hmm. about.
1: Yeah, I, you know, I, that kind of, I think there are certain, you know, certain of us who are drawn to this for whatever
2: reason. It's, yeah. it's, you know, absolutely. And it's, it's really nice to actually talk to somebody else that's into it, man. So I just want to say thank you again, bro.
5: Oh
1: yeah, yeah. And we, once again, thanks for sharing your story, and let us know if if anything else happens. We're always here, waiting for absolutely uh, waiting for more weird stories. All right, Matt. Thank you. Thank
2: you again.
4: I do think that's an interesting side effect to maybe the internet is that a lot of things that people thought were singular experiences are more common. Yeah. Even tiny things that seem like they wouldn't pertain necessarily or...
1: Yes. I never heard people talk about the way Bigfoot moves until the internet, you know, and, and all the Bigfoot stuff I read. At least they didn't put an emphasis on it. The people that see it talk about, you know, how smoothly it moves and how it moves like a spider, I think, is uh, the way some people describe it. I think Matt said his the one he saw crawling looked like a snake in the way it moved. It didn't look right. However they move just doesn't—it's just very odd. I'm and that's the kind of—
4: with mammalian behavior necessarily, more like—
1: Yeah, it's something off, mm-hmm. something off about it. I think Wes's brother, Woody, said that it's the movement when they saw the in their encounter— he said uh, it's the m- way they moved that convinced him that these things weren't natural. They're some kind of paranormal or alien thing mm. because they just move so weird. And that's the kind of stuff that I don't ever remember hearing about, you know, mm. before the Internet, before people could really share this stuff. So, uh, yeah, that is kind of neat that this stuff.
4: Yeah. And I think about what I thought about Bigfoot when I was younger, what I thought about Bigfoot, like, say, in the 90s and what I think about Bigfoot now, it's like definitely an evolving concept mm-hmm.
1: yeah i think so i think so well i think the wild man evolves the wild man changes with time and uh,
4: so do the little green men
1: yeah exactly but that's another story so thanks for listening everybody we will be back next week with another episode of strange familiars if you're in or near rhode island and you want to stop by and see me and josh we will be at that X-Files convention at, in Warwick and we'll both have tables there. We sign in books and sell in books and uh, I will have art prints and stone breast CDs and all kinds of stuff. I have a, a pretty full table when I'm up there. So it's, it's a great place to meet me and Josh and talk and I will have a recorder there as well. If anybody wants to come and tell their experience for the show, wow. I will have a recorder on hand as I try to do whenever I do Paranormal Conventions Strange Familiars is a production of
4: darkhollerarts.com
1: Music, books, art, podcasts, and more. Arts is at darkhollerarts.com Intro and background music is by Stonebreath, Which is available at Stone Band Breath Bandcamp <laughs>
3: I thought this was a
0: quiz You, you jumped the gun
1: <laughs> Stonebroth.bandcamp.com And Strange Familiars is also on Facebook facebook.com slash strange familiars and howson is not on facebook but the quiz is what do we have there the strange familiars
4: gathering yes
1: the strange familiars gathering group is also on facebook and you can join the gathering and talk about the show share experiences and little book club they started there which is it's getting off to a slow start but i think it's i think it's picking up steam And uh, all kinds of neat stuff at the Strange Familiars Gathering. So if you're on Facebook, that's where we are. Instagram is at Strange Familiars. If you're on Instagram
3: and all of our other stuff is at StrangeFamiliars.com.